I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon or Apple podcast supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. Thank you, patrons, including Alistair Mitchell, David Morris and Mike Akins, who support us directly. And for just the price of a cup of coffee or two a month, you can join them and get access to our full-length ad-free show. Listen and chat with us as we record live and get our Patreon-exclusive show, Extra Message. You can find out more by going to patreon.com forward slash UK Tech. Um, Ian introduced me to a new bit of television this week called Clarkson's Farm. I'm massively enjoying it. It's on Amazon Prime. Thank you, Mm. Ian. Have you finished it yet? No, we're about halfway through. Oh, good. And you're watching halfway... it with Kate? Yes, Kate and I are both watching it and yeah. enjoying it greatly. That's very good. Say. It's, uh, it's a good, 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 fun bit of TV. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like... I was fearful that it was going to end up being, you know, more um, more Clarkson than I was prepared to put up with. Uh, but actually, it, was, it, was, it wasn't at all. It's funny and, you know, and, 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 and genuinely well-meaning as well. It's humbling at seeing Clarkson humbled at occasion where you can see he genuinely cares about something is um, rather different to the Top Gear days of um, just do things ridiculous for the sake of it. Um, Absolutely. So quite enjoying that. Um, But nonetheless, we are not here to discuss television, at least not at length. Um, We are going to talk about something related, though, potentially repairing televisions why you may ask well here's why the independent wrote this week that in the uk manufacturers must make home products such as washing machines and dishwashers and so forth easier to repair this is actually because of some new standards new law that came into force on thursday white goods and televisions will be cheaper to run and last longer apparently according to the government um as a result of some energy efficiency rules as well this is all to tackle premature obsolescence which we all know about quite a lot because we're nerds and we talk about it a lot but that's the short lifespan deliberately built into an appliance um to make them quicker to replace or to try and get people to buy new versions of them um in a separate write-up though consumer group which wrote that the government estimates the new rules will reduce the 1.5 million tonnes of electrical waste generated each year in this country. Now, which explained as well that spare parts will now have to be available uh, within two years of an appliance going on sale here, and up until either seven or ten years after the product has been discontinued, depending on the part. That's not. That's more just than 10 years after it's sold, 10 years after discontinuation. Some parts will only be available to professional repairers, while others will be available to everyone, so you can fix it yourself, which said. Uh, this is similar and different in, in two different ways to laws in the EU, for instance, which has also since this year said products must be repairable for 10 years, but only stipulates that 
uh, that for professional servicing, not necessarily individual DIY uh, fixes. And the BBC wrote in 2019, uh, it was the latest I could see comprehensively summing some of this stuff up, that in the US, around 20 states are said to have right to repair legislation in process, uh, in progress. I'm sure someone will update us um, on how many of those have made it through um, government. So uh, we could look up a little bit of the specifics here, Ian, uh, which was very helpful in breaking down some of the bits that are going to be made available. If you'd like an example, should we find TVs so we can yeah. actually get closest to us? Um, so for everyone, for up to seven years on TVs, you must be able to get repa- uh, replacement external power supplies and remote controls which I think is very good, the remote controls in in particular. Um, And then to professional repair people for a minimum of seven years, they must also be able to access the internal power supply, connectors to connect external equipment, including cables, antennas, USB, DVD, and Blu-ray drives, capacitors above 400 microfarads, batteries and accumulators. I have to admit, I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. Uh, The DVD or Blu-ray module, if applicable, and interestingly enough hard drive or solid state modules if applicable now there'll be a lot of wiggle room on these because those products tend to be standards and are interchangeable between manufacturers so that shouldn't be too difficult and shouldn't make a scrap of difference however there is a massive exclusion to all of this which is it doesn't extend to mobile phones and it doesn't extend to laptops and computers we are talking here about white goods predominantly things you'd put in your kitchen it's washing machines and washer dryers dishwashers stuff like that um but actually a lot of the stuff that that we all experience digital uh, forced obsolescence in or perceive it to be uh, built in uh, are not actually included in this and i think maybe part of the reason is because some of the manufacturers of those devices have recycle programs or they get they're more easy they're easier to sell on um, for, for spare parts but it could also just be because they're a pain in the ass to fix so good luck enforcing it I don't know well they are a pain in the ass to fix so that doesn't mean that they couldn't be um, I, f- f- I mean, I've mean, i been following um, a chap in the US called Lewis Rossman um, and he's mm. he's campaigning quite hard for right to repair at the moment it's much more about uh, as is hinted at in this the ability of a professional repairer to be able to get a part um, and you know that that thing that's things like um, say with Apple, you know if you you can't buy a certain component, let's say um, a replacement touch ID button or something like that, um, you know because obviously that's, they consider it to be a security risk or whatever. Fair enough, you know I mean it is what it is, but that's the the goal really is to make it so that repairers can get hold of every part and and fix a device, which I think makes perfect sense. Uh, in you know, the which article, which I've just shared in our Discord, and it will also be in the show notes at uktechshow.com, um, which agrees that this should go a bit further, but but their angle is that the parts that are applicable under this new standard should be made immediately available and not uh, only after two years. Uh, it says... We'd also like the government to ensure parts are affordable and available for longer, closer to the lifespan of each product. For example, we found the average lifetime of refrigeration appliances is between 20 and 25 years, well beyond the 10 years that parts will be available for. So they're basically saying, um, because people keep these products for ages anyway, and they tend to last a long time, this isn't going to make much of a difference. 
which I kind of agree with, but 25, making a product last for 25 years. I mean, if you've got to keep making parts for a product that you haven't made for two decades, presumably that's going to push up the cost of those devices. Well, you, because you don't have someone's to keep to... making the parts. You just have to make sure you keep enough of them back for mm. repairing devices once they're broken. I mean, I, I agree, 25 years is probably a bit long. Um, but, you know, that, that used to be the case with um, uh, uh, Swiss watches. Uh, you, you, there would be... Um, you would always be able to get parts for every Swiss watch ever made. They would be kept. And now, obviously, watches are tiny, so that's much less of an onerous task. But also, um, Mercedes used to um, keep... Like, you'd be able to get any part for any Mercedes for some time. I don't think it's a thing anymore. But, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're a, I mean, they may still have a lot of those spares. But it's a great idea because, you know, that what, what's, what stops a car from being used forever? Well... It's very few components that are actually irreplaceable. I mean, if the, if the you know superstructure of the car rusts, then you've got a problem. But even then, people manage to rescue cars from all sorts of horrendous states and and do a good job bringing them back to life. But if you've got all the components, you know, if you can get the light clusters and the switch gears and you know, or you know, um, other bits, then brilliant. Mm. A couple of interesting points have come up in our Discord while we've been chatting. Charlotte says she likes buying refurbished tech and bought a Garmin watch refurbished this week. Now, I have to admit, I've never, to my knowledge, bought a piece of refurbished technology. But my assumption has always been in the same way that when you send something in to be repaired, you often just get a new one back and that may well be refurbished. Um, I sort of feel like if you buy a piece of refurbished tech, is it refurbished or is it just new, but maybe the box was opened or it's kind of, they used to say X displayed and they used to buy the, the one in the shop. It was a bit cheaper because it'd been in the window. I do wonder whether that is is the case sometimes. Maybe. But they do but... come with guarantees, don't they? Yeah. It's the same as buying something new. I mean, the Apple... Oh, Charlotte says there were runs still on it from Germany in 2020, so... Uh, well, so they didn't definitely... even bloody reset it. I mean, that seems a bit stupid. KV also says another solution to all this could be to just make the schematics available for third-party replicas of the parts. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can see why that wouldn't work. It's a good idea. I like the idea. Um, yeah, but I idea. don't... I, mean, I, suppose, I suppose you could argue that, you know, once... Once it's finished, it's useful life. But I still don't think they would do that because it would give the companies too much ability to just rip off products. Uh, like you could, you know, you could take Apple's original watch design and build a, you know, a complete watch, and then and then use some other processor or something instead of a an Apple processor or something like that. You know, that it would it would be it would be complicated and and troublesome. But I mean, yeah. I mean that's already a big problem anyway. You know, yeah. it's I don't wish to be. Um, you know, to point the finger at any particular nation. But we do know that the certain Chinese companies are pretty bad for just wholesale ripping off the designs at this level in some cases. Oh, yeah, and have been for a long time. But that, that's, I think that touches on the, the cultural differences between, um, between China in particular and Western people where it's, it's sort of, it's more accepted. Whereas we see it as, you know, one of the great sins of, well, I mean, I, if you live in a sort of borderline communist nation, then everyone has owns everything, don't they? So, therefore, taking someone else's design for a phone is no worse than spreading out the cost of mm. corn, or I you're guess. Stealing, stealing it from the government. Yeah, 
That's that's why it's a problem with ri- growing rice in North Korea. If you steal rice because it belongs to everyone, it's the government. If you if you keep rice for yourself, it's not that it's your rice that you're not giving away; it's that you're stealing it from the people. Just a pretty bad offence. Um, but they clone far fewer companies in North Korea, so that's less <laughs> applicable to this conversation, and indeed not even remotely relevant to right to repair laws. I do not know what the DPRK's view on repairability is. If you know, uh, if you're sitting here listening to this in Pyongyang, and my stats suggest that absolutely nobody is, uh, <laughs> do let us know your views on that. But uh, regardless of where you are based be very interesting to hear your views on this on refurbished tech as well i'm sure there have been some good and bad examples of why refurbished tech um or getting replacement parts for old tech has been either interesting or terrifying but you can send your views in please uk tech show at icloud.com Now, what people who um, don't usually listen to the show live, um, you know, miss out on is the fact that we do all this music live. So our group of people who do listen live get to hear the music and feel like they're enjoying the proper show. The downside of doing this is that when I take sips of coffee while the music's playing, I have to be very careful not to, um, you know, spill it down myself or um, make it harder to speak once the music comes to an end <laughs> can't you just fade uh, the channel down while you're doing your business could do could do but that would then incur additional editing if i get it wrong and i try and avoid that true a little bit of behind the scenes insight for you there um now it has been a slightly slower news week what with it being uh sports ball season and the summer and everyone talking about covid and blah 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 uh, and i but but there was, there was a story that stood out as quite interesting um simply because I've not really seen it raised in such prominence before now. But I want to talk about it. It is the following, which comes from the BBC. Uh, Parents of children called... Now, how should we do this? Uh, A-L-E-X-A, the name of Amazon's assistant. I will try and substitute that in to save all your echoes going off. Uh, but But children who have that name say their daughters are being bullied because it's the same name that Amazon uses for its popular assistant. Some people have changed their child's name because they say the barrage of jokes has become relentless. And the BBC said that these parents are calling on Amazon to change the default wake word for its devices to a non-human name. Um, Amazon said to the BBC it was saddened by these accounts, which is a PR way of saying... We really don't care. Um, And the alternative wake words are available. So I looked this up. There are not... Do you want to have a guess at how many people are called that word, that name Um, in Britain? I mean, it doesn't seem fair. I've got the running order in front of me. Okay. Um, Probably not that many. Let's see in our live chat who are not privy to our script. Would anyone like to hazard a guess at how many people under the age of 25 in the UK are named the same as Amazon's AI assistant? I'll put a little ticking clock um, sound effect over here in (laughs) post-production. John says 3,000. Charlotte says 1,000. We'll wait for one more person to hazard a guess. KV says 2,000. Mike says 350. Charlotte says she's never met a child with that name. 
pangolin sandwich says she was going to say a thousand but is now going with 500 oh the wow. answer well firstly you're all wrong um but if if john and charlotte got together and forced their two guesses to have a child they would be correct because the number is 4000 4000 children in the uk under the age of 25 are currently named the same as amazon's default uh, wake word for its echo products and uh, the bbc continues the parent of one of them who spoke to the beeb said her daughter's only six but it's already being picked on quote it started in reception that's kindergarten for you american listeners other children would say things like wake word play disco other boys picked up on it and shouted commands at her we were in the park the other day and every single boy there was saying it to her constantly she started clamming up i think it's affecting her confidence and adults make fun of her too now it's inexcusable because it is a form of bullying it will have an impact on mental health and frankly you're basically teasing a child for something that's completely out of their control which is wrong and you should be pretty ashamed of yourself uh, particularly if you notice the kids visibly upset about it that out of the way whose fault is this well in that particular example the kid's six years old amazon's voice assistant is seven years old i believe right so it's her fault for naming a kid after a voice assistant. I mean, I'm sure that's not what happened. And, you know, just because the voice assistant was released before this kid was born, I I guess you can't really, you know, it's, there's no expectation that everyone would know that. And I guess, uh, yeah, it's um, unfortunate. But, I mean, it's just bullying. I, I don't understand how this is different to anything else. It's everyone not. Gets, it is, everyone gets it bullied is. for their names. Well, not everyone, but quite a lot of people do. I, I was trying to think of an example, a, a personal spin, and I can't, I can't think of the closest I could come to thinking about what this would feel like. Is because I was born William. My first name was William. Yeah. And when I was a teenager, um, I made that will. And of course. So if there was ever any kind of sport or fun game, people would find it very funny to say fire at will. And so uh, I would I would usually be on the receiving end of whatever I was being, you know, targeted with on any given day. And I did I do remember it happening often enough for it to be memorable at yeah. age thirty six to use as an anecdote, but I don't remember it particularly bothering me that much. I can only assume with <sighs> this though, the sheer popularity of the product would mean you'd really have to think twice it's like you don't find people calling their kids adolf that often do you well that is slightly different though isn't it i just mean that if you if you are aware that there is a connotation associated with a name then you factor that into your naming decision making surely probably or you tell people oh i'm thinking of naming my child xyz um and they'll say oh you know they're gonna get you know they say oh they'll they'll get it shortened they'll they'll get you know willy if you're william and some people may not like the name willy because it's some people use that to mean genitals. schlong schlong indeed um i mean yeah i i i i suppose at the core of the argument here is the fact that amazon came and took a perfectly serviceable real name and used it for its voice assistant you can't say the same even you can't even say the same about microsoft because i don't think anyone was called cortana um before cortana 
um, other and, than in Halo, I suppose. But you well, mean uh, real, yes, real, exactly, yeah. real world. But um, you know, and if you named your kid Cortana after Halo, you might argue deserve what you get, I guess, um, because it would be a very obvious thing. Uh, and of course, Cortana's disappeared. I mean, Microsoft's basically given up on it anyway, hasn't it? Hasn't they? So you know, yeah. and and then and Google's obviously gone for the more, you know. Yep. you ask for google and um yeah so it, it's kind of it, it makes sense so amazon's probably the only one that's really gone for a i don't think anyone's called bixby are they i mean no one outside of like a dickensian novel i'm sure and I, I'm, I'm absolutely doubt anyone's sort of talking to their samsung assistant anyway i looked up <laughs> i looked up uh siri then yeah as a name Hopefully that didn't trigger anyone's thing because I didn't give it with the all-important prefix of hey. Um, but that name is a, is a diminutive form of Sigrid. Yeah. Which is, is that Norse? I believe I so. Certainly there's a not, singer, isn't there? So, but the number of people that... Are, I mean, also, you're not going to probably call your, your name that now. It's also uh, pronounced but, slightly differently, I think. Because this was in the oh, story, really? wasn't it? It was a Siri... Oh, is, yeah. is is more how it's pronounced so it's it's very slightly different but apparently there, there was a, <laughs> a a woman who was called siri who called up uh apple and the guy took the mickey out of her which seems quite uncharitable really a little bit there, were, <laughs> there are quite a few people named apple yeah I think, um, there's that kid of that stupid v- vagina cold play cold play what oh she does the vagina tech Queen of Paltrow. Yeah, yeah, Jade Stone Fanny sure. Rock. Um, so there... But yeah, I, I think... I don't know. I don't want to pass, pass like, blame and judgment. I don't have I don't have kids. I don't really have a right to, to say whose name is right or wrong. But my, my no. gut tells me that if you today choose that as a name, uh, in, in a... I mean, we're on talking about the UK, but I would apply it to the US as well, where the name is... is fairly well known i would imagine if you told anyone that you were thinking about it and you hadn't for some reason heard of amazon's assistant uh, someone would say to you hey did you know this they're probably going to get teased (laughs) about it and maybe you still choose it but choose it knowing that but none of that should uh cloud the fact that if that is your name or if you know someone who has that name you shouldn't be teasing them about it, particularly if it bothers them. Yeah, I mean, but it, um, you know, it, it's bullies. Bullies are going to na- bully anyone for any reason, including their name. So yeah. you can't get away from it. It's it's impossible. They're going to get bullied. If it's not their name, it'll be something else. It's just part of life, unfortunately. And unless you deal with the problem, i.e., people being bullies, then there's always going to be something. John in our live chat asks. If we did have kids, what would I name my child? I have thought about this. Horatio. No, although I do like the fact that that involves kind of a celebration with the hooray <laughs> part. Uh, I would name my child. I've always liked the name Phoebe, and I've always liked the name Jessica. Um, I would love to name a child with a Japanese name, but I would never do that because I think it's weird with Kate and nine not being of of Asian descent, um, but I do like the name Jessica a great deal as as a, as a girl. Um, I like 
I mean, we have lots of animals. We named our giant African Lansdales are named after either Final Fantasy characters or or characters in Frasier. Uh, our cat is named Robin after, um, well, he was already named Robin. We just kept it and decided that it was it was a good name. But then we named Bruce to be Bruce Wayne, as in Batman. So it's technically Batman and Robin. And then we have a, a yeah. spider in the kitchen that we call Legs. Should be fairly obvious <clears throat> as to <laughs> why. <laughs> um, do you know what? When uh, we, when we did the Wired podcast, we actually had a, um, a set of listeners that named their children after me and Olivia. They had two it, twin girls. They called them Olivia and Nat after Olivia and Nate. Uh, that's that was, some dedication, right? I I'd like to address our audience here, right? Where are my uh, Where are my little Ians at? Yeah. Get busy, everybody. Having children that you then name after me. Oh, so you say you would name your... Well, you already have two kids, but if you yeah. had a, a range more, you'd call them all Ian? No, I would, I, I'm expecting everyone else to call their kids Ian because you had that honour uh, in the Wired podcast. And I'm, oh, wondering, I'm wondering what it is exactly our audience is doing not naming their children Ian. I think you should name them text message. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't name your child. <laughs> Text message. Fibo. Yes. Fibo, um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, yes, we, Kate and I are not having any children. Enough children are being born in this world um, to... Uh, That's certainly true. We don't you know. need any more. Yeah. Naming one's child could be a Patreon tier. Don't know how that would work. Oh, yeah. I Yes, John. I, 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 I have watched some of Mythic Quest and that annoys the living hell out of me. It is explained in the narrative. Is we're it? actually we're watching season two at the moment. Well, and... I've I've got an Apple TV subscription now, so I oh. could watch it, but I wasn't I wasn't totally taken with it. The second season's I... quite different from the first one. Is it? And yeah, I, in a weird sort of way, I'm I'm enjoying it ever so slightly less because I would I would hesitate to say that there's slightly less joy in it, um, but I am still massively yeah, enjoying it. It's very good. Um, if you have a child with a name that is a source of amusement for your fellow geeks, uh, do let us know and let us know why you chose it. UK Tech Show at iCloud.com. And if you would like to name your child Ian, um, do so. Send us a picture of the birth certificate and win a free mouse mat. Well, it is time to jump into a little bit of feedback here. Not a huge amount this week, but one in particular that came up after we were talking about the roaming charges last week. Um, listener Chris got in touch on at text message pod on Twitter and says, uh, regarding roaming charges for UK users in Europe, have you ever tried Aerialcom? Aerialcom? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Uh, A-I-R-A-L-O-C-O-M. Uh, that's a really um, hard word to say, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Area, um, Chris, yeah. Chris continues, Whenever I'm in a non-roaming country for work, I pick up a local eSIM for a couple of quid, far cheaper than roaming fees and no need to physically swap SIM cards. It was a lifesaver when I was in Kiev last. Trying to get around without Google Maps and translation tools, Uber, etc. was a nightmare. Spend a couple of quid on an eSIM. Life was glorious. So there's a little recommendation for anyone troubled by the reintroduction of roaming fees on EE, at least. Um, we spent the uh, a big part of the show this week on our extended version, talking about Ian's journey into a recording studio in London with Dolby, talking about Atmos and his experience 
seeing some live performance and mixing and all sorts of stuff. It was a very interesting discussion and that is available to everyone who gets our show from Patreon or from Apple Podcasts. If you want to get that, that's where you go to do so. Have we got any Apple Podcast subscribers yet? That's a good question. You'd think you'd ask me that ahead of time and <laughs> I'd have looked it up. Well, let's next week, let's... Uh... Can you do you get names of people when you when they subscribe via Apple? You'd think that's something you tell me about ahead of time. <laughs> okay, let's look into this, Nate, and then we could give some shout outs for Apple subscribers if there are any. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, someone else we've heard a shout out for is Tom Merritt, dailytechnewsshow.com. This is what's been going on on DTNS this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, Patrick Norton gave us the scoop on lossless audio, where to find it, and why not all of it is equal. Google's Food Bank site indicates human curation of data is still necessary. We follow the Windows 11 system requirements issues, as well as note that it now runs on an old Windows phone. Explain the implications of the world tax on big tech, and talk about why parents who name their child Alexa are fighting back against Amazon. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Ooh, crossover. Very rare crossover, but there's two instances of crossover this week because I was on DTNS on Tuesday. So if you go and listen to Tuesday's episode, that's the one he mentioned about the Google Food Bank stuff. Um, I'm on there. I have to say, I think I did a fantastic job at promoting the show, our show that is at the end, by saying it's not as good as DTNS, but it's still pretty good. It is pretty good. And it definitely isn't as good as DTNS, but that's uh, because DTNS is daily and... That's quite a lot of work. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to go and hear that, uh, do check out dailytechnewsshow.com. And um, <clears throat> I don't believe we'll have a show from them this week because isn't it uh, Independence it's, Day? It is Independence Day this very day and they're all off work tomorrow. So that is uh, today. Okay, good. Well, I mean, happy Independence Day to all of our Indeed. American listeners. Um, sorry about all the... Um, invasions back in no, the day. No, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I'd like to be independent from us as well. Yeah. but uh, The Democratic Republic of Ian. It's all back in the past. Um, and thank you to everyone who is listening and supporting us. Um, if you want to get our full version, as mentioned, uktechshow.com forward slash subscribe is the place to be. And thank you to everyone who supports us no matter how you do it. I think we'll see you in another week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.